And we are the Extra Sisters, so sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 148, and before we begin, I would like to start by putting a, probably the biggest content trigger warning (laughs) I've put on a film since we did Cannibal Holocaust. We are going to discuss Megan is Missing from 2011 in this episode, and if you have heard of Megan is Missing, this content warning and trigger warning should not surprise you, but this is a found footage film from 2011, and it is all about the abduction, rape, and torture of two 14-year-old girls. And so I would really advise you if this is something that is a sensitive topic for you, as it really should be for everyone, but if this is something you cannot listen to, I would really advise you to skip it. We're not going, I would say we're not going to go into graphic detail, but there is a scene in this that is hard to talk about without talking about it. So. I really, we're going to be as sensitive as possible, but I would really advise you to just skip it if this is something that is a triggering or difficult topic for you to listen to, or if you have specifically skipped watching this movie or <laughs> Don't the, listen to us. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't listen to this, please. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so you've had enough of time to decide if you would like to listen to this review or not. So let's talk about Megan is missing. So <laughs> we, the reason this is on the schedule is my fault. So it's my fault. Is for cloud. So <laughs> this film is I had heard about it for years and years and years and I had intentionally skipped it because it it's kind of like you don't watch snuff films like if you're not in like I, yeah. I it's just like it's kind of like Cannibal Holocaust. I was also my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I I just now you've seen this film before, right? Yes. So actually, the reason I watched it was also kind of a clout thing. It was I saw it on Facebook from somebody I went to high school with and they were like, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, oh, I'll be the judge of that. And then I watched it and I'm like, "Okay, it is not the scariest film I've ever seen in my life. Okay, I'm going to say that right now. Is it the worst? We've already given you a trigger warning in the beginning. Yes. Is it the worst? rape scene I've ever seen in my life yes absolutely 1000% I watched it in the tub and I remember I couldn't even watch it like I was staring in the corner waiting for it to end I think that there's also like the I think scary is one of those terms that is so subjective for everyone because scary can be disturbing or it can be like we're going to talk about a film later today that's completely different in in a scary sense so in like a paranormal sense of the word and so I think this is scary in the this has happened and does happen and it is horrifying Correct. and so yeah in in that sense it, it is I don't remember so Kristen and I we've mentioned this before so if this is like a broken record too I'm sorry mm-hmm. but before we even started the podcast one of the actual kickstarters for the podcast was we made two lists of films mm-hmm 100 years of horror which we did we already did we did it we did it we know like that was going to take us forever had we not had a structure (laughs) we would have done it eventually but which was the best horror movie from every year since horror was an established genre Mm -hmm. and also 
for some fucking reason, lists of most disturbing films ever made. Right. Because we're like, we can fucking do it, you know? <laughs> right. I don't know if this made that list, but it wouldn't surprise me if it had and if it was on it. It did not, surprisingly. I remember Antichrist on there, Human Centipede, which we haven't gotten around to yet, and Henry, The Life of a Serial Killer or something. That was Portrait of a Serial Killer, That I one, think. yeah. Yeah. And Cannibal Holocaust. But this one wasn't for some reason. Maybe because I was just like, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, it, but this wouldn't surprise me if it was on many lists of disturbing films. Oh, definitely. And the reason I put it on this year's list is because I want to be a relevant podcast, and <laughs> this took off on TikTok this year. So this film was made in 2011. That was the year I graduated high school. So this that was 10 years ago. And <laughs> so Gen Z got a hold of this, basically. And they were like, I can't believe this was made. This film is so disturbing. And so it went viral in 2020 when people were basically in quarantine and going mm-hmm. through horror and horror TikTok got a hold of it. And they were like, oh, my God, this film is disturbing so much where the creator of Megan is Missing got on TikTok and was like, hey, I heard you found my film. Let's talk <laughs> oh about gosh. it. So I wanted to talk about it because it had just got gained relevancy again Mm -hmm. and I had never seen it. So I was like, okay, well it's relevant again and it's popular again. And so let's, let's talk about it. This film was banned in New Zealand and films get filmed, films get filmed, (laughs) films get banned in a lot of countries, but it's particularly rare in modern times for films to get banned in like first world countries that aren't already oppressive, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So for this to get banned in a country like New Zealand is kind of a big deal. And I, I do this, this is not a film where that I'm like, this is a champion for don't talk to strangers on the internet. This is not the way to do it. That being said, this was based in like the setting was 2007, I believe. My ass, not in 2007, even earlier than that, when I was like in middle school around this age, I was not partying and stuff like these girls were, but I would definitely had talked to boys and men, I'm sure, on the internet. I remember... When I was 14, which is the same age as these girls, I had a friend named Justin and he was 19 years old. And at the time he was like one of my best friends and I thought he was the coolest guy ever. And he was so nice to me and all of these things. Now as an adult, I realize he was a fucking predator and I was Mm -hmm. being groomed and like, You don't think about, like, obviously those things. A 19-year-old talking to a 14-year-old, he didn't think I was just really fucking cool. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. That's predatory behavior. And this is a film, basically, that took that idea and, like, turned, cranked it to 11, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And I I did not look into, this is kind of like the paranormal activity, like, based on true story, these are the tapes we found, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's, I didn't look into any validity of if this was based on any sort of true story, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was, if it was based on a light version of, you of know, a case of someone's case. Right. Yeah. And they just made it like the most extreme dramatized version of this that they could, you know? Right. But at the same time, you know, 
that this is potentially a true story for someone out there. We have coming up later this month, if anybody's interested, we have a creepy website, HHH, that we're going to talk about. And that's something that they do. Like on the dark web, there are people that will, you know, buy people to rape and kill them and make snuff films. And you can, they post that shit on the internet. It's hard to find, thank God. But at the same time, people find it and they do it. Yeah, so there are I I didn't particularly grab this one to talk about because I thought it was like too like again content triggery, but there are there were red rooms and this is kind of like that because this is something one of the most disturbing parts of this films was just a very brief photo series yes. that they took and it came up on like a kink website is what they were saying that somebody turned into the FBI. That just very brief like yes the rape scene in this film is awful and i do i'm not going to minimize that at all some of the just the imagery in this mm-hmm. that that is very fleeting was the worst for me personally mm-hmm. just imagining that and being in that situation because you know that shit happens right and it's a lot easier to get onto the deep web and the dark web than you would imagine so mm-hmm. or maybe not i don't know like <laughs> being a millennial like an older millennial and growing up as the internet was growing up maybe it's not like I don't know and especially as if some of you are Gen Z now having the know-how and technology maybe it's not maybe it's just harder for some of the older demographic (laughs) to imagine but I think it's also hard to just to grasp that there are people that that's just second nature they're just going to go on these websites and look at this shit and you know what I mean like right yeah that there are people mm. that want to see this enough that it is something that people would go out of their way potentially risk going to prison lethal injection all of that to do this for people's kinks and stuff Mm. wow yeah i'm i promise you you can find a consenting adult that's also into weird shit like you don't have to right you know what i mean but the problem here is these are not adults and that is the problem like there is probably a consenting adult that would do this but there's not a consenting 14 year old that could do this and that's what the kink wants here is the the pedophiliac aspect of it too right so in this now this is also like it's hard to wrap my head around the 14 year old aspect of this because it's it's like not because I'm 28 because Mm -hmm. when I think about how I was at 14 like I'm sure there were like I was on the internet I'm not saying I Mm -hmm. fucking wasn't and I was like starting to blossom into my sexual activity and I'm not saying I wasn't mm-hmm. but like the so this group of girls there's two best friends here Megan and Amy and yes Megan is missing is the title here but Megan is the she's the friend that has a really rough home life and is kind of the rebellious acting out kid you know Amy is her best friend that has a more stable home life, more stable parents, more understanding parents that have very much nurtured her upbringing. Whereas Megan, you find out, was assaulted by her stepfather and her mother didn't believe her, which actually happens a lot. The kids are blamed for their sexual assault by their parents a lot. Which is so Or not believed. And some dude at camp. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the show called Intervention on A&E. It's about like 
they take drug addicts and do intervention or alcoholics, they do an intervention and they take them to rehab and hopefully they continue in recovery. But there have been two episodes specifically, and this has a point, I promise. (laughs) There have been two episodes specifically where adults that are addicts have confronted their mothers in their intervention and said, I told you I was sexually assaulted by this family friend and you didn't believe me. And their moms are still like, I was around you all the time. There's no way that could have happened. You're lying. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that that's not just like four movies that happens all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And so they took that theme. So they made Megan and one part of her friend group, the partiers, the, you know, like I said, the rebellious kids. And then they made Amy the one that was, you know, very much maintaining her innocence. And she really wanted to be a part of the group. Like she tried, she, she made some, decisions because she just wanted acceptance you know Mm -hmm. and she went out partying with them and she got drunk and she took some drugs because they went to this trap house basically for this party which was that made me really anxious the whole time because I thought something was going to happen there which it did like she this grown-ass man like punched this or slapped this 14 year old in the face for saying no to him you know yes fucking kick you in the balls bitch right but she was so fucked up like she couldn't do anything about it but she tried really hard to fit in but this group of megan's other friends don't like her because she is kind of this stereotypical what you people and like kids in school might call like a goody two-shoes you know yeah and megan tries to latch on to amy's innocence but she just doesn't like she just can't I guess she just is who she is and there's a lot of sweet moments between them where Megan wants to be like Amy and Amy wants to be like Megan Mm -hmm. and then there's that constant like duality between the two of them which is I I really like that's how one of my friends and I were and kind of like we both were very different but it's it's very real when you have a friend going one way and you're going the other to want to like latch on and they want to latch on to you, but you just, you're like oil and water, you know? Right. Exactly. And it's down to the fact that Megan will do messed up stuff to herself so that Amy can come along. Like this party that they go to, nobody wanted Amy there. And Megan said that she would give this guy head if Amy could come. So it's like, why like I I get you want to be around her then go be around her don't take her to this bullshit party that you don't even seem to want to go to this guy basically pressures her into going yeah it's it's like oh what a good friend but don't fucking do that yeah and it and it and you do see that she is doing that like at this party and it's And they put themselves in these horrible situations, but also again, like you can't like don't, even if a a woman does put themselves in these horrible situations, like seemingly these men are literally preying on them and expecting them to do that. And they are children. These are victims. Mm -hmm. Like they're not making these good decisions. And also their parents are just letting like, where are they? Like fucking that being said though, my parents thought I was someplace like mm-hmm. one I, I've said this before but I told my mom I was down the street and I was in a different state right so it's really difficult like that's one of my biggest like fears I don't know if I'm gonna be a parent but like holy shit they are <laughs> so skilled at manipulating 
mm-hmm. what they're telling you. So you have to be very diligent. So it's hard to say like, where are the parents? And that's what I hate seeing all the time. Like online, when you see news articles posted about missing kids or kids doing this or that, or these horrible tragedies. And it's like, well, where are the parents? Like, okay, are you a perfect parent? Do you know where your kids are right now or all the time? Probably not. Right. Exactly. Even if you think you do. So it's hard and it's hard to wrap my head around these 14 year olds going to these parties and giving these drug dealers head and like doing blow and like all this stuff. Cause it's like, I'm not saying I was a great 14 year old and, but like, I don't even remember. I mean, I remember some things like that in middle school, like the talk of drugs, I guess, but maybe I was just an emo kid in band, like, and just didn't pay attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, we actually, in high school, we did a, it was for speech class, and we had to talk about a movie that was relevant to our lives today, and one of the kids in my class did the movie Kids. I don't know if anybody has ever seen it, but it's basically about a bunch of teenagers in, I think it's New York, and they're definitely in the partying world, and they're spreading aids around to each other because they're just having sex with everybody and there's this one guy who his biggest thing to do is to take virginities and he takes it in like a terrible terrible painful fucking way and it's just following them throughout their day and you know rape and all of this stuff and I was so upset because what this girl said in in her speech was that this is something that all kids deal with and I was so upset because I was like I never fucking dealt with that shit I don't know what you're talking about, all fucking kids dealing with that. But then at the same time, I get that there are, I I was definitely the goody two-shoes side of it. So I didn't deal with that stuff, but there's definitely kids that do deal with this shit. Yeah. And that's like, like I said, I dealt with like eventually had that like pressure to try like marijuana and stuff, but I was in college Mm -hmm. like, you know, and I'm sure had I been in certain social situations in high school that would have happened, but I was in extracurriculars where had Mm -hmm. I, they randomly drug tested us and stuff like that. Like had I, I would have gotten caught like for sure. So I knew that I couldn't do that and I never really went to parties because it didn't interest me. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, so I know in high school, like I, I watched a drug deal happen in my algebra class. Some kid bought a Xanax from another kid behind me and I just didn't fucking care. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So, I mean, I understand that these things, like, I'm not, I'm not saying my experience is limiting because I'm sure these things happen. Like these Mm -hmm. things didn't come from osmosis. And I know a lot of our listeners, like a lot of y'all listening, probably were like, uh, no, we had like trap house parties in middle school. Like this fucking happened. Okay. Totally fair. I'm just saying like, it's so hard for me to like wrap my head around being a 14 year old, being in a situation where there's a drug dealer pressuring me into Mm -hmm. sex. Like that's, I'm just saying it's sad because I know this is just a movie. Exactly. And it's not just her either. Like he's letting people in for a $10 cover basically. And if you don't have the $10, you're going to go give him head later. And I'm like, what the fuck? And these girls are just cool with it. I would walk the fuck away. What are you talking about? Right. Exactly. And so it just like, it it scares me for kids, you know, and it's, it's just like, I'm trying to remember all of the worst things that I heard about in middle school but there were some horrible things. Like, I mean, I'm, this is kind of my own experience, but when I was in seventh grade and I was 13. Like, honestly, I had to turn someone in for sexual assault. And when he was 
are near me in the hallway or he they he the fucking school accidentally put him in one of my eighth grade classes I walked the fuck out and went to the principal's office because he scared me so much and all I'm not gonna say all he did but literally he would come into my seventh grade algebra class and like grope me and I didn't know what to fucking do so like this shit happens you know yeah but I think that's the sad part is we especially girls need to teach them to be like that more often like the fact that you walked away there are so many girls that would just have dealt with that for the whole year just like me going I'm gonna fucking kick you in the balls or you want me to blow you instead of giving you 10 bucks I guess I'm out I'm gonna go home like that's that was always me I was never that person that was going to be peer pressured into this stuff and it makes me sad for these girls that are right well and like Amy she wanted to feel part of the group so bad. She went to this party yeah. she didn't want to go to. She got super fucked up and she mm-hmm. almost got assaulted. And and right. because she didn't let it happen, she got punched for it. And I'm exactly. not saying didn't let it happen because most women don't get that fucking luxury of letting it. It just fucking happens. Right. But she was screaming no in a crowded hallway. And I'm surprised anybody actually cared to look, to be honest. But she got yeah. punched in the face and then everyone just laughed. Yeah. What the fuck? Hell no. And again, like, I know this is just a, you know, a found footage film from like 2011 or whatever, but basically they go to this party and there's a ton of like, this is, this party happens. And then for about an hour, that's really all you get Mm -hmm. as far. I'm not going to say like, as far as dramatic anything really, so most yeah. of the rest of the buildup, except for, because this movie's an hour 25, until the last 20 minutes, what happens basically is they just kind of talk on webcam back and forth and they're just being friends and it's, it's, it's pretty insignificant. They're just kind of building that relationship, except for when Megan ta- starts talking to this guy on webcam named Josh. And you never see Josh, you just hear Josh and you get like, you're the POV of Josh looking at Megan and you hear yes. Josh's voice. Which as an adult, we know, like the hair on the back of your neck stands up knowing that, okay, if you can't see him, then you shouldn't be talking to him, period, end of discussion. Like, are you fucking, because he can see her, she can't see him. No. I don't know then if y'all have ever, yeah. I don't know if y'all have ever seen MTV's Catfish, but right, anytime exactly. someone says my webcam's broken, yes. no baby, that's not who you're talking to on the other end. <laughs> exactly then you need to be like i'm out because you're probably a fucking pedophile watching me and that's exactly what it is exactly and so basically she amy knows that she's talking to this guy named josh and so at least she knows that and knows that they plan on meeting up this one night megan goes to meet up with josh and she goes missing yep never to be seen again and amy basically her megan's other friends blame amy and i don't know why they're such fucking catty bitches to her for no fucking... Well, one of them is because she's a lesbian and really liked Megan and she, like, misses her the love of her life thing. And But also, it's just fucking weird. Why do you gotta be such fucking assholes to this poor girl? Yeah, I don't... I, I, it's it's like that they are looking for someone to blame because they don't want to blame themselves because, like, they turned... They're the ones that gave... Megan Josh's information and Amy turned into the cops and said hey she was talking to this guy named Josh here's his screen name I think that he's the one that did it and then there was footage from behind a diner where he said to meet her where you can see that he this guy grabs her by the arm yeah 
And so I think it's like that. We don't want to feel bad. We don't want to feel blamed. So let's blame the girl that is kind of ostracized and the outcast and also is Megan's best friend. So there's also a lot of jealousy at play here. And she never really fit in anyways. So whatever. We don't really care about her. So Megan goes missing and then Amy kind of starts making this video diary talking about like how long she's been missing and that she misses her. And Josh was the last person she talked to. And then Josh basically video calls her and says, you need to shut your fucking mouth and starts degrading her. And I'm going to come fucking find you because you turned me in. Right. And once again, as a 30 year old, I'm sitting here going, just hit disconnect, just fucking hang up on him. But, you know, as a 14 year old, she's just letting him berate her like that call the cop cops are fucking useless though like that's fucking true like <laughs> what are they gonna do you know what i mean i mean yes but at the same time you don't have to fucking deal with this bullshit you can literally disconnect your internet right the fuck now true yeah and at least tell your parents so they can keep you protected that one too exactly why are you not telling your fucking parents about this Because she is actually pretty close to her parents. She has a good relationship with her parents, unlike Megan did. So I could understand Mm -hmm. Megan hiding everything from her parents, which is unfortunate. So you should always keep an open line of dialogue with your kids because of this shit. Yes. But Amy starts going out to this place where her and Megan used to go, which is like kind of out in this like wooded area off the road. And she stuffed a like, it's like a teddy bear that they had. And you can see that she she's doing this video diary and she gets nabbed as well. Mm-hmm. And that's when this last 20 minutes, because the cops find this camcorder that was Amy's and the it cuts to like this was on Amy's camcorder. And this is when you see what happened to both of them basically but as the criminal part of it it makes no sense why the fuck would you put this information on her camera and then dispose of the camera in the trash can by where you fucking took her first of all isn't this stuff supposed to be on your snuff website or what the fuck ever like why is even it it makes no sense it's just for movie storytelling that or it's kind of like you know serial killers like want to get caught but they don't so they're like i guess that's fair like, look at what I did, and you fucking missed it. Now they're dead. I don't know. <laughs> but before that, you do get, like, this horrible image of Megan in this, like, torture contraption. Mm-hmm. You, th- I thought she was beheaded at first. Same. It was, like, very hostily. Because her head's, like, on a plank, like a board, and her mouth is, like forced open with these metal contraptions but then you see the full picture and like her her body is just below the wood and she's just on her knees basically it's awful and then the last 20 minutes this is where the biggest like again trigger warning comes into play because we're going to talk about what what the girl where they're where the girls are and what's happening so he has this like I'm assuming like some sort of basement underground torture chamber. Yeah, it's very Buffalo Billy type of uh, Silence of the Lambs basement. Yeah, exactly. And he keeps them in these individual cells just in their bra and underwear and chained up by the neck. And he has Megan in one and Amy in the other, but neither of them have seen the other. Well, Megan is... Actually, if you rewatch it, Megan is already dead at this point. So 
he walks by to get to oh, Amy's right. cell and he very pointedly shows this blue barrel and he does that multiple times. Megan is in that barrel. Yeah. Well, you and you do see that later that she's. Yeah. Yeah. In that. So, okay, let's the barrel scene that kept coming up as people not being like when I was watching like TikToks and everything about Megan is missing. Everyone kept saying, oh, my fucking God, the barrel scene, the barrel scene, the barrel scene. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. So when I saw the blue barrel, I was like, mm-hmm. what's happening with the barrel? And it is like awful. Like it, it it's very yes. like disturbing yes and that's the the jump scariness if you're gonna be actually like scared in this movie it's that scene when he opens it and i don't know if it was people more talking about the jump scare or like what happens to amy and that barrel yes that's my that's awful like the the rape is coming up and that is fucking terrible the her she ends up getting put in that barrel with megan so that's just even more fucking terrifying like you're just gonna go insane and then the long ass scene with her in the barrel that that's the one that fucks me up so we see megan briefly and he gives her this teddy bear because amy he's basically been stalking amy yes and so he was able to find that teddy bear and he gives it to megan and he's been like feeding her like a dog and like amy yeah, I'm sorry. And he's been like feeding them like dogs and it's all about this degradation thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's just been it, it, it's it's ever it, you've seen this before. Mm-hmm. It's very similar. But what you haven't seen, I would assume in most now I haven't seen a Serbian film and things like that. I probably won't put that on the list, to be honest. So I don't know if you've seen a Serbian film. I have Kristen. not. I part of me, also for clout, wants to fucking see it, but I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I've heard. I, I don't know. Like, let us know if you want us to do a Serbian film. <laughs> <laughs> it's just disgust. Like, it's it's yeah. But this yeah. this again. Okay, so remember, Amy is our. They do that. They play this up as the. Her, she's the innocent character. She's never done anything. They make mentions of her like never having been with people you know what i mean and then there's this rape scene with her and all it does is i'm not gonna say all but it it shows her face the whole time yes and his hands yes so of her doing i mean it's like 13 reasons why like her just yes saying no and then at some point just like dying inside just not wanting to be there going somewhere else and then the Worst part is it takes a while. Like it takes a while for him to to finish what he's doing, and then he plants his hand next to her face in front of the camera, and it is so bloody. Yeah, and this is like, and it, it it's definitely like it's not the most. And this is kind of what I was telling Kristen when we started. Like it's not the most graphic rape scene I've ever seen in a film. But it's it's one of the ones where they're like proving like it's it's the whole loss of that she was the and I hate to say loss of innocence because we talked about I if any of you listen to our other podcast, Oddest is Hottest, I kind of briefly mentioned that the whole concept of virginity being tied to innocence and losing mm-hmm. that it's not something you can lose. But that's kind of what they're getting at here. What was yeah it 
being taken from her. And that, that I do like, it can be like something was forceful and taken and that's what they're, that's the disturbing. Obviously rape is always disturbing, but they're not getting at the, let's show like the graphic struggle and screaming. It's definitely more of, this is a psychological. Yes. Like we're not going to show gore or anything, but exactly. Like she's, she's gone now and it's going to take a lot to, to fix anything that just happened and we know that she's not going to have that time to fix anything because where's Megan we have yet to find her so we're assuming that she's going to be gotten rid of as well and that's exactly what happens pretty much right after this is when or like pretty close after this scene we see that in that barrel Megan has been dead and decomposing in that barrel and he puts her in with Megan. Yes. That is the part where I'd be like, all right, um, you can just fucking kill me. But see, the thing is, like, he doesn't. <laughs> like, he does, but he doesn't, you know? Yeah. I was talking to a friend, like, that I would, if well, I was ta- telling her that I was watching this film, and I fucking do not, and I've mentioned before, have, like, I think kidnappers in general would like overestimate my will to live. Like (laughs) agreed because this last scene, what you were talking about was the most disturbing to you. She's in this barrel and she is, he's digging a hole to bury this barrel in. And this scene is really long. Yeah. You watch the whole thing as he's digging this, this hole. You're, you're there for all of it. Yeah. And she's just using all of these different tactics to try to appeal to his humanity, which obviously his humanity doesn't exist. Correct. It's gone. And it's so sad. It's so fucking sad because she's sitting there the whole time going, I love you. I know I love you. It's okay. Like, I'll never tell anybody and just let me out and we'll be together. I'll be the best girlfriend. And it's like, girl, that is not what he fucking wants. And the fact that you're doing this makes me so so sad because you're mm, I know you're trying to save yourself right now but at the same time that would not be me I would knowing because like once you're in that fucking barrel you know you're gonna fucking die I would call him every goddamn name under the fucking sun that's probably what I'd do yeah I that's what I was kind of telling one of my friends I was like "Uh uh-uh see no 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 I would not now grant she's 14 years old and like right she has probably not watched the horror movies that I has watched. And I don't know if she's a Scorpio, (laughs) but my ass would never have given him like at this point in my life. Now this is me. Now, if I was kidnapped now, you bet your fucking ass. First of all, my will to live gone. Don't care. Cause you're going to kill me anyways. I know this. There's nothing I can say that would convince you to keep me alive. So I'm going to hurt your feelings. Like exactly. No, no, no. I am not going to beg. I am not going to scream. I am not going to, I might cry. Cause like, you know, I can't do anything about like, if you're torturing right. me, my eyes are going to tear up, but I'm not going to like <laughs> sob for my life. Hell no. I'm going to make your little man ego hurt yes. so bad that you're going to wish I was dead. Not me. I don't care, but exactly. you're going to kill me so much faster. Like, fine. If you're going to put me in a barrel and that's how I'm going to die, I'm going to make you do it now, not later. And your right. ego is going to be bruised. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. I no. mean. I, I know that you 
you can. It takes a lot of work, but I know that you can recover after a rape. But as soon as that brutal rape happened, I'm done. I'm fucking done. Like her, she's just like dead inside in the cell. And then he starts releasing her and she's like, I'm going home. I'm going home. I would never think that I was going home right there. You start releasing me. I'm going to fucking probably try to bite you and punch you. But at the same time, I know I'm dying or I'm going to be dead here soon. So that's fine. Let's just get this over with. That's also something I mentioned where like she was like, no, I think that I would try to like get out. And I'm like, to what? Like to, I, I, I mentioned like I was a white middle class, like, and I'm traumatized now with, do you think that if I went through something like this, I would say, no, yeah. there's even I, after that, I wouldn't survive. No, I couldn't imagine. I, once again, I know that you can. So you, you women, you men, you're amazing for coming back from this. I don't think I have that type of personality. I don't think I could come back from this. I think that I would never have another relationship again. I would die alone with my cats and not very happily. So let's just speed this along. I think that I could come back from a lot of things like, but like this specifically where I was like kept in a dungeon and degraded and tortured and, not seen the sun like that would be a specific kind of thing like yes you know maybe but like mm, like there's a lot of like typical life happenstances of trauma where and I <laughs> where they shouldn't already... be <laughs> they shouldn't be typical but like and they haven't happened to me but like I could get like we could go to therapy we could deal with that mm-hmm. but like and I'm like god forbid anything ever happens to me but like you know we could get through it but like this, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, but exactly. I will fuck your shit up, Mr. Kidnapper. Yes. No, no. <laughs> You're going to need therapy after me. Exactly. With, I, he could have the biggest dick I've ever seen and be like, that's it? That's all you got? That's I it? <laughs> I don't feel anything. You can keep, I don't know. Because, <laughs> oh, God. But like. You know, I know that like trauma kicks in and like fight or yeah. flight, but like, I, so I don't know. Like I, but I, I don't just... know. And, and I hate to be really like, once again, obviously this whole thing was a trigger warning. We already told you, but not to be so defeatist and suicidal, but also being put in a barrel that like, that's terrifying with another corpse, but at least it's your friend, but also you're just slowly going to stop having enough oxygen and you're just gonna pass out and then die i'm actually kind of cool with that there are such worse things that this torture dungeon could have done to her yeah yeah it sucks to hear it it sucks to watch her trying to beg him but if i was put in a barrel with your dead body i think i'd just start talking to you to be honest same that's what i was thinking too i was like she she even says that she she's like i won't need billy anymore that's her bear and i'm sitting there like Girl, if that was like Amanda in there or something, I'd probably just like hug you and be like, "All right, we going together." Yeah, I'd I know that she was like you. real, de- like she was decomposed and like, ugh, like her eyes were like white and like, but yeah, and I'm sure but she can't looked actually terrifying. See that anymore? Yeah, and I'm barrel. I know it probably smelled real bad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "Bitch, you need a bath." <laughs> That's exactly. I would be like, "Oh my god, girl, did you just rip one?" Like, I'd probably say that shit. But I would be like, okay, let's just hurry this up so that I can pass out and not have to deal with this anymore. I don't know. But, like, again, it's 
it's hard because like I cope with things with humor, so like I'm joking about it now. But it's hard yeah, because exactly. like when you're when you're actually in it, like uh, would I be begging? Maybe I don't know. Like right, I I don't want to say that I would be because I, but. I want to say like miss me with that shit because like I just want you to go down but I really do like I've said in every like zombie apocalypse I just want to fucking go to sleep like I don't want to deal with this shit you know exactly but it is it it is a really long really traumatic scene watching him dig this fucking pit and listening to her beg for her life until he dumps her in the pit and then she starts to like panic and scream a little bit and then you watch him also bury her and walk out of the woods and like you see him in the middle of nowhere basically so you're never gonna find them ever yeah it's really sad like it and there's no resolve in this film nobody gets found no and then you watch at the end you watch the the tapes that they have had on amy's camcorder like of just them hanging out and just being friends just being teenage girls it's really sweet but sad yeah fucked up movie i am so happy we have done this for the podcast i don't ever have to watch it again yeah i don't even really know like rating how to grade it yeah so i can give you the rotten tomatoes score so 60 percent critic consensus and 34 percent audience score there have only been five critic reviews that they actually counted towards the score so i can tell you like you know it's the some of the critics basically said it's not a perfect film but it does have some special qualities that makes it stand out and i enjoyed it megan is missing is a distressing look at the realities behind vulnerability the damaging effects of online grooming and the truth behind what happens to those unfortunate okay so like the truth behind victim this is not like the like yes i think that grooming is a, an important thing to talk about first of all i would like to mention if you are a teenager and you are talking to a man, even in his 20s, you're being groomed. If you are 19 and talking to a man in his 30s, you are being groomed. Like, If you are 15 and talking to another 15-year-old, you don't actually necessarily know who they are. They correct. may have been groomed by someone that is 40. Exactly. So I think it's important. Like, It is an important message. But it's not necessarily one where you're going to get a like a group of 14 year olds in a class and be like, we're going to watch Megan is missing and you're going to learn like, you know, this is not obviously that kind of film. So like to say like it shows the dangers of vulnerability. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but it's not like it's an educational film. It's definitely for adults. Like, correct. Like, (laughs) you know, so like I get that. But like (laughs) there there are other films that will do that without doing that. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. I mean, I really don't know how to grade films like this. It's just like cannibal Holocaust. Like I know, right. Did it do what it set out to do and do it? Well, I mean, I guess, but like, can I give it like a rating? Like, I don't know because it's, I don't like what it did as like Mm a, like a principle. Like it, it just, it's really, it, I don't know how to enunciate that I totally liked watching like rape and torture. Yeah. Right. Like, you know what I mean? No, <laughs> yeah, I obviously no. don't like that. And I think that it, I'm, I don't know. Did it set out to do what it needed to do? Yeah. Now I will say it took a long time to get there, but I'm kind of, 
I didn't need more than 15, 20 minutes of that. It was effective. Yeah, exactly. Nobody needs that. So I think that it did that well. And I, I'm glad that it just fucking like got to the point when it got to the point, I guess, like, I don't know. Maybe I should have listened to other reviews of this first because <laughs> like, how do you, I don't know. It did what it needed to do. And yeah, I don't think I have a grade for this one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's Megan is missing. Like if you really are into disturbing films, I guess give it a try. But if you're not definitely, definitely skip this one. Yeah. Like that somebody was like, it's hard to watch. Last 15 minutes were the worst. I will only watch it once. And then they gave it like one out of five, but they didn't give a reason like for films. The, I, okay. So let's talk about the film. Like the acting wasn't incredible. Okay. Right. I'll, I'll dock it there a little bit, but you can't really dock it on. I mean, you can, but it's found footage. So the exactly. cinematography is not supposed to be, there is a, an art to cinematography and found footage, which they accomplished, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like as far as like the filming of it goes, I'd probably give it a three, but I cannot grade the content. I'm, I'm not going to do that. So exactly. Like I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say two overall, just because like it would be a one, a zero for me, for my enjoyment, for the fact that I had to see this movie at all, the rape, all of that. But the fact that I feel, I feel like they were trying to do something good for for people to for grooming for things like that so i don't know i guess i'd bump it up to a two yeah that's another thing you also have to ask yourself is what were the motivations behind what they did and why they did it right so it doesn't feel like they were trying to take advantage of something it definitely felt like they were trying to be like hey this is something that could happen maybe be careful on the internet so i do respect it for that they didn't I don't feel like they tried to take advantage of this situation in the movie, but I don't know. It's so interesting too, because the director of this film has done mostly TV and his, he works with Ryan Murphy a lot. So he's done like four episodes of American horror story. Mm -hmm. He's worked on pretty little liars He's worked on Charmed, Riverdale, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and then he did this. And it's like, what? Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, it's, but it's, in, when you go to his director filmography, Megan is Missing is not on it. But when you go huh. to Megan is Missing, he's the director. He's like, I don't, we're not going to. Interesting. Just and don't. that that also leads me to the fact that it doesn't feel like he tried to take advantage of anything. Like he n- doesn't even necessarily want his name on it. So I don't know. It feels like it was done I done in <laughs> out of good, I guess, but it's still not the movie for me. Yeah. I I mean the director did give a huge warning in and in November 2020 is when it took off as like a sensation and it went viral. And it it actually was more popular in 2020 than it 
ever was. And then at that point, actually, is when the director came out and issued a trigger warning from it. And he said, do not watch it alone in the middle of the night. And if you see the words photo number one pop up on the screen, you have about four seconds to shut off the Hmm. movie. And if you're already freaking out before you start seeing things that maybe you don't want to see. So basically what the director was talking about was that photo number one was the the ones that were on the kink website is what they were talking about. And that, that was, that was the most disturbing part for me personally. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, it was for the, the barrel scene. The barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And a few years after its release, a production company in Mexico asked him to make a Spanish language remake of it with a Mexican cast, but he declined because he didn't want to revisit the subject matter. I fucking bet. I couldn't yeah. imagine having to delve into this throughout a film's production. Yeah. He did theorize making a sequel, but he there was no he said there was no angle for him to come back to like there was no other take for that yeah. story. So, I mean, it does seem like, and I have listened to this guy talk about it. Like when he released that trigger warning, when it went viral in 2020, I did actually watch that TikTok when he said like, Hey, when you see that photo, number one, that's when shit gets rough. So if you're not in it, you need to turn it off right then and there. Mm -hmm. And he did seem genuine about it. And he, and then he did kind of like, if you listen to him talk about he talked about his other things that he's done being a part of american horror story and kind of showed like his american horror story autograph poster like he seemed like a pretty like cool guy and it the film actually charted top 20 for at home watching for november 21st 2020 for that week and like it's 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 interesting how gen z re brought this to the top especially because millennials and gen z obviously were the the generation of the internet and it's just going to keep getting more and more and then the director was like okay you guys i'm Mm -hmm. uncomfortable let's talk about it you know because he probably thought it was never going to come back up again and then right they brought it back they unearthed (laughs) it and they brought it to the top 20 charts for at home streaming so that probably made him super uncomfortable (laughs) right but yeah i mean I did. I do think he was genuine about the subject matter and trying to make it a warning, but it's definitely not one where I would be like, yeah, this is what's going to happen if you talk to strangers online. I've talked to mm-hmm. plenty of strangers online that I've never met and they're still my friends, obviously, but I mean, it could happen, I guess. So yeah. be careful. So, I mean, if you want to follow us on social media, um, you can. This one's really awkward, I guess, to end because <laughs> we're like strangers on the Internet. Follow us on social media. Right, exactly. <laughs> you don't know who we are. So Facebook and Instagram are the Extra Sisters podcast. Twitter is at the Extra Sisters. And if you would like to join our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. There is a tier for $1 a month and a tier for $5 a month. You can request movies. Obviously, it's direct access to us anytime, and we do send you little things in the mail every now and then, so just let us know. And next time, may the Lord have mercy and grant you a swift death. Till then, stay creepy. <laughs> <laughs>